Welcome, everyone, to the Circle Debate Podcast. The host of Devious One, Ivan C. Here alongside with my brother from another mother, that is Mr. MGC Matthew Steamboat. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we have an honorary guest, and I'm have very, very happy to have him on the show. This individual has done it all. I, I can't go through this convention. It's a long ass list. A very long ass. Let's say that right now. But I say one thing. He is the dashing, handsome voice of Championship Wrestling of Hollywood, Championship Wrestling of Memphis, NWA, United Wrestling Network, New Japan Strong. I could go on and on and on. This man has done it all. And ladies and gentlemen, have Adnan Krish. How are you? Hello there, Ivan. Hello there, Matt the Hat. It's uh, good to be uh, to be here on the Circle of Debate podcast. Uh, looking forward to this, uh, and we're going to have some fun. So uh, let's uh, let's get down to the brass tacks. As they Thank you very much. I appreciate you for you know, joining us. And also, don't forget, he is the ace of ring announcing and the ace of broadcasting. All right. Let me know. <laughs> Immediately, is one of my favorites of all time. You know? That's that's it's 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 an honor to be to be called the ace of anything. When Tanahashi is the real true ace of not even just New Japan, but some would consider like pro wrestling around the world because he's so damn good. And if and if you don't believe me, just watch Shingo and Tanahashi from this year, 2021, and the man still puts it 110 percent every time. Every oh my time god, definitely, definitely, yes. and I definitely agree with that. We'll get into that in a little bit because I want to get your thoughts about that. But before we you know we get into that, I want to. Go ahead and you know let our viewers and subscribers know a little bit more about you so if you okay. want to go ahead and take us through your journey of how this all began in professional wrestling for you uh professional wrestling it all began for me uh at the santino brothers dojo actually um see uh, about 2017 uh i remember participating they were doing these one day tryouts where like you like basically pay for a day's worth of training and uh you'd, you'd 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 be blown up they'd work you to death like as far as like working you out for that day and then like teaching you certain ba small basic stuff like a little bit of bumping as well as like running the ropes and stuff like that just like i remember uh being horrifyingly exhausted i puked uh and almost passed out it was it was one of the most intense things i've ever done in my life for sure and uh but i remember doing uh that they also had like they did a little character stuff at the end of it and that's why i felt like i really excelled at the most because we all got to kind of like cut promos and stuff like that and it's funny because uh you know that was done by a uh, gentleman jervis was doing the character stuff at the time and the and it's funny the first person i ever cut a promo on was now young lion dkc the dkc which is funny mm. you know because he was in that same class that, that same one day tryout as well as uh, cameron gates was also in that same one day tryout so anybody in the socal area knows when they were the bomb squad with jake atlas and now people know dkc a little bit more around the world because now he's a, a new young lion for new japan so after that um i was uh i was definitely hooked on the idea of trying to get into wrestling more so because that was more so if i felt like i couldn't do it then at least I had the experience of knowing what it was like to hit the mat and stuff like that. But then, you know, it just kind of, it just permeated in me a little further. And then later in that year, uh, Santino Brothers hosted their first ever, uh, what they now call the Advocates class, which was like a non-wrestlers course. It was like managers, referees, commentators, and stuff like that. So I'm like, all right. So I showed up when, like, I had manager character stuff, like, all in my head of what to do and stuff. So I was, I had character. I developed a couple of characters. I developed taking that class. I learned how to do super basic wrestling stuff. I learned how to referee. I, you know, honed my commentary ability because I loved doing commentary. Um, uh, whenever I got the chance to do commentary uh, in the first couple of years of my, and actually throughout my career, I've had the chance to do, whenever time I've had to do commentary, it's been fantastic. And then uh, being a ring announcer was, uh, I told this story a couple of times, this is the, the trippiest thing was less like how it occurred because um, I was paying my dues early on and I was helping out at a, at a private show that we were doing uh, for Santino Brothers. I was only like maybe in the class still for maybe just about like a month, month and a half. Mm -hmm. So this was November third or fourth of 2017 was when i made my debut uh it was at this private show for a biker club and uh joey chaos was all like you know who's you know the santino brothers maestro so i show up and i help you know put chairs together and all that so i'm you know doing the, the stuff and it was out and i remember just like cool and then uh he goes up to me he's all like adnan you're ring announcing tonight i went huh excuse me Oh, yeah, and you're commentating tonight, too. What? Excuse so I'm like, first, I, I, ring announcing was not in my head until that night. And then, like, I didn't even have, like, proper, like, 
clothing for it. I brought like manager stuff in case stuff like that would have happened, but I didn't have like a full suit. So I ended up borrowing a suit jacket from my commentary partner, Marty, who would be my commentary partner for a good portion of my career. Uh, and then we ended up doing commentary together and they ended up ring announcing. So if you look at like the pictures of me when I'm ring announcing the first time, I'm in like jeans and stuff like that. So, but it was such a, a fun experience. And it was like, it's a trip to think like, like of like who like was part of that time too because like i ended up ring announcing guys like jake atlas and brody king and, and bateman all on that in my first show and like look at the way those guys are now and it's just a trip to like think about like that was my very first show and it was just like in front of a bunch of you know motorcycle guys and stuff like that so it was a lot of fun for sure and that's that's where it started for me essentially well, I gotta say, from when it comes to commentary, what what style do you prefer? Do you prefer play by play, or do you prefer color? You know, and when did you realize you like preferred one over the over the other? You know, I don't know if I have a preference. It's more so I can I'd like to be able to fit in what's necessary because I've done commentary by myself and I've done it with partners. Um, and I, I definitely, you know, I like because if you back when Enoki uh, Dojo was running, I was the only commentator a lot of the times and it was and that's 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 a really difficult because you have to do both to some degree you know and and you don't have anyone to bounce off of but i found my rhythm in doing that but i think i definitely prefer having a partner i think the majority of times i have been color uh so i like giving like the little details and stuff that's the whole point like you know my partner would draw the lines with the moves and then i would provide like little details and telling the stories and whatnot so it's a lot of fun doing both i would say maybe i prefer color just a little bit more of like trying to describe the story and whatnot but honestly i just love doing commentary in general that's awesome that's, awesome. that's amazing that's amazing and then during the time where you know as you were commentating and also ring announcing mm -hmm. as you were developing uh, you know you're commentating and you're ring announcing who did you actually like look at the tapes and like you know i don't like for example have you looked at jay you know, listen to jr or i say kevin kelly or you know to pretty much improve while as you were developing you know your broadcasting experience my favorite guys definitely were guys like a kevin kelly or like there was nothing you know jr is obviously one of the greatest of all time that everybody loves but i loved guys like kevin kelly or like mike tenay yeah. or or like because those are guys like mike tenay was called the professor because he had so many like cool intricate details and knowing stuff yeah exactly and that's essentially like you know you could look at excalibur today as a very much a similar in that aspect but i i, I personally have always been a huge fan of like a Mike Tenay or a Kevin Kelly. Like, and it's been cool to like ask Kevin. Ke like I it was, it was the trippiest thing is I remember tweeting Kevin Kelly advice, like really early in my career that he responded to. And I remember taking a screenshot of that. And then like last year is the first time me and Kevin Kelly are face to face and I'm meeting for the first time telling him, Hey, you gave me some advice over Twitter and, and whatnot. And then we, you know, we take a picture and it's just the coolest thing. But I just really like the guys who give a lot of detail, like, you know, describing moves is difficult for some people. So it's actually, I think personally, Personally, I'm just this is my opinion. I, I think Michael Cole gets a lot of shit for no reason because of stuff that he can't necessarily control. Right. Like I, I like I, I gave Michael Cole a lot probably I mean I used to probably give Michael Cole my deal my, my deal of shit too, but honestly I remember like whichever WrestleMania a couple years ago when it went like you know like twenty-four hours. That wasn't twenty-four hours, but still like and he was <laughs> like on commentary like the whole night. He's like losing his voice at the end. I'm like props to that guy for doing it for that long oh, in yeah. those moments. Like because there's like anytime where he feels like he's less produced, like uh, if you look at like I think the the old Japan, like when they did that one Japan show where Brock took on Kofi like way before Brock, like Kofi was ever champ and stuff, yeah. Michael Cole has a different sound to him. Like you can tell there's there's you know there's a certain way that you become produced. But I I, I but honestly though I would definitely say those super informational guys like a Mike Tenay or a Kevin Kelly are the guys I really look up to when I when it came to commentary. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Over Mike, I'm mean, well, I think one thing, you know, I think one thing I'm kind of curious about is, you know, like, especially when calling moves, you know, one one tip I remember getting from Jim Cornette was saying, usually when you can't name the move, you know, it's like, oh, Tiger Driver 98 or, you know, side headlock, you know, I mean, you know, Bulldog, running Bulldog, you know, Tornado DDT. When you can't name a certain move, you usually just say, like, oh, he spikes him down or he throws him down in the ring or he destroys his head. You know, I guess it's it's better to sometimes err on the more dramatic, just be like, based on the situations, like, my God, he's slamming his head into the ground or just spikes him. Like, that's always... You know, is that is that always kind of like a good like go to when you don't know the name of the move? 
for sure. It's you want to paint a picture. You got to think of it like this. I remember like because I'm not a big sports guy, but I remember like being a kid, like, you know, being in the car with my dad and my dad, my dad would listen to baseball all the time. And, you know, and it's basically, you know, you're not watching the game, but you, you know what's happening because of the description of the commentary. And I think that's should be the same really in wrestling, like almost like, like an old radio broadcast. You don't necessarily need to know the names of all the moves in like the super technical terms. Like, yeah, it's cool if you do it. And props to you if you know all of it. And it's a good skill to have. But as long as you can adequately describe what is being ha is what is happening, I think that's what's the most important thing. It's 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 not necessarily that like you know the name of that being like a like a brain buster necessarily like or if, or, or the variation of which kind of brain buster or which because there's so many different suplexes. There's a ridiculous amount of suplexes. Fisherman, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. You know, yeah. the... But you know, Fisherman you can do buster. something like, yeah, he's got him in like a penning predicament here with the leg hook, like even you would, you know, and you just gotta describe these situations in a way that, like, say the layman can understand. Because I remember a couple friends of mine would come to like shows, and like one of them who wasn't necessarily a big wrestling fan was like, would tell me it's all like, you know, you would describe things to where I would understand it, where I did, I wasn't watching, like, I wasn't here for the story of like however long these guys have been fighting or necessarily know what they're doing, but I, I understood everything because of how you presented everything. So it, you want to make it digestible, not just I think for the wrestling fan, but for the people who are watching it for the first time or the casual viewer i think also want to ask so how did the relationship come about you working in championship wrestling from hollywood how did a lot of that begin with mr marquez uh that uh started off with uh just like you know one of the things that we were taught is that you know you want to show like you know show up to those places that you want to work at and then see how you can help out and whatnot and like you know make yourself available to be you know, a hard worker. So I, I was showing up uh, with, you know, with essentially who was my road wife, Halston Body, because uh, mm -hmm. we would tra we would travel a lot together um, and have traveled a lot together over the course of the last like three plus years. And so he was driving up there, and I drove up with him the first time, and then like a few times, and we we're you know helping put the ring together, help doing whatever setup, just making ourselves available and known that we were uh, known that we wanted to help in some manner. And I, this is what I like to tell like students who ask me or even anybody who asked me is that you know when it comes to trying to get into spots in wrestling is that you want to be available to do whatever and take on whatever job that they will give you if it's a place you want to be because if it's a job you don't want to do that's fine show tell show them that you can do it because that can lead to a job that you'll want to want to do basically as long as you know you make it known that like hey uh like you know just so you know like I'm, I'm more than happy to help with this but you know if you ever have an opening here i'd like to do this too at some point or so that's what happened one of the days i was putting the ring together and uh nick banano who is uh, uh you know senior referee a, a championship wrestling from hollywood as well as he actually has a lot of um you know backstage roles that as well uh very a very important uh um figure at championship wrestling for all he would ask me uh hey adnan he's like yeah and i worked with nick once, maybe twice before, for sure, on a Santino Brothers show. Um, so I didn't know him that particularly well, but he did ask me, like, hey, what were you trying to do in wrestling? And I said, oh, um, well, I'm a commentator, I'm a ring announcer, I'm a manager, I can referee, you know, I have all these, you know, things that I can do, you know, stuff like that. And he said, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we're actually looking for a ring announcer right now. So if you bring your suit, maybe we can, you know, set you up with a dark or something. I'm like, oh, I have my suit with me now. Because another one of the most important lessons you learn is always have your gear because you never know when you're going to book. So I remember doing two dark matches in March of 2018. So about three years to this month, actually. Um, on that On that day, um, I remember one of them had Sandra Moon, and I can't remember who she wrestled. And the other one was uh, Hyper Street, Gregory Sharp versus uh, D-Man Dan Parker. Those are the first two matches I did, and those weren't televised. Uh, but I, I, I remember doing that and then, like, showing up again. And then uh, they didn't have a spot for me that day. But then I ended up still just being out there and just grabbing gear and stuff. And then uh, after that, they gave me an actual full set of tapings to do. So that was... I two i want to say just two episodes it was the first time i was used were the set of episodes where i remember the main event of the second episode was uh willie mac versus bad dude tito for the hollywood heritage title where mac became the hollywood heritage champion that was my first set of tapings like ever done on television and whatnot and it's funny because you can tell they don't know that they're going to keep me yet because they don't like give me a graphic yet for my name or anything i don't think yeah. they mentioned me yet it's mm -hmm. just like you know it's that i wasn't 
they they hadn't offered me the position yet but basically after that set like i forgot if it was like a week or two that passed but i got an email saying hey we'd like to uh keep you as the full-time ring announcer i was like are you available to do that i'm like yeah hell yeah i am like so that's basically how that happened and so you know then i started building my rapport with with guys with guys like a dave marquez and like so many other important figures through there like you know i would say the championship wrestling from hollywood was very instrumental in helping me get to the places that i got to for sure and and helping like really kind of mold me into the into the ring announcer that i am today my questions for about like your work with new japan strong um is there a bit of a language barrier like working with them or is there like enough of a bilingual presence where it's easier to work around like work with or work you know on it and also oh go on sorry no 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 yeah uh, as far as like with New Japan Strong, technically, New Japan Strong is a subsidiary of the the sub the promotion the subsidiary company we started here, New Japan Pro Wrestling of America, which has its own Twitter account, NJPW of America on Twitter. Um, and uh, basically, so it, there's not as much of a language barrier um, because who I deal with, you know, speaks English. Like who, the person I deal with, she, she speaks both in English and in Japanese. Uh, so she, you know, and as well as like when I, I talk to like, you know, certain, I, the certain higher ups, like he, he primarily speaks Japanese, but he understands English and you can speak a little English and stuff like that. So that hasn't been too much of a problem. I have had the honor of meeting the the current president, uh, Obari-san. This was before the pandemic. This when i was helping out before i was their ring announcer um back when i was helping out like do merch for some of their shows um and stuff like that back at uh lion's break project back in the anaheim convention center mm. and obari san is perfectly bilingual he both speaks fluent english fluent japanese so like so it's so far there's no language barrier in that aspect so everybody i've mostly had to deal with speaks uh perfect english and then even like with other people like they they, they totally understand english so it hasn't been an issue so far. i'm guessing the honorifics are definitely still part of it because i've no like of course kevin kelly opens with the your school and do you guys kind of end the day with the otsukare sama deshita like do you guys all end with that or, or... For sure, for sure. If you know it, you do that. Like you know, yeah. everybody. You know, it's everybody greets. You know, it's like you greet me. It's like, oh yeah, oh hey, guess you know, So yeah, so definitely like traditional greetings when you know it. And it's not a bad idea to learn as much of that as you can. You know, and for so the to... non for the non Japanese speakers out there, especially uh, you, Ivan, Otsukare Sama Deshtat. Like, there's no. I guess the direct t translation is like you are tired, but it's like good work today in a way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like it's 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 uh you know if you know the proper greetings and you do that, but at the same time, so far they haven't killed me for not knowing everything. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and have have you even got to actually to uh, to Japan to actually do ring announcing in Japan? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, I didn't start working for them as a ring announcer until the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. uh, so basically, I was I was you know I was doing what I could to earn my way there, just like everybody else, because I I did do merchandise for them and stuff like that on like previous shows that they were doing in the L the L A area and such. And then uh, the call got uh, I got the call. Uh, you know, during the summer of last year when everybody wasn't died, like I hadn't done anything since like it was like March happened. And the last two things I did that weekend last March were I did commentary at Ground Zero for the first time where I debuted as a commentator. Like I'd been doing ring announcing over there. But then uh, me and uh, Mondo Vega got to work together as a commentary team as at Regulators Mount Up. And then uh, the next day we did our last championship wrestling from Hollywood tapings with fans before everything got shut down and whatnot. So wow. there was a solid like like three months where I, I wasn't doing anything and, I, and like even my regular job I was furloughed from for a while mm -hmm. uh so it was like so I was just you know sitting around and I just remember like uh waking up and just getting like a text message from a number that I don't know it's like hey this is such and such from New Japan are you available to ring announce on this day I went good yes and I became the most awake person in the world <laughs> and I'm not I am not a morning person and I became the most awake person in my entire life in mental caffeine <laughs> correct yeah um but no, it's it's very difficult to get over to Japan, like as far as like you know at yeah. the, at the moment, like you know. Um, so uh, no, it has not happened yet where I've been sent over to Japan. I'm hoping to make that a reality. It's like one of the number one goals in my career is to eventually get over to Japan and, and do my thing in Japan for New Japan Pro Wrestling specifically. It would be uh, quite the highest honor if I can make that happen. But it's Definitely. already been quite the honor to be part of them for uh, Lion Spread Collision and then F, which led into New Japan Strong. Definitely, yeah, definitely. And I do. I pray for you. I wish nothing for the best, and I hopefully you do, brother, because you deserve it. 
Thank I, you. I, I appreciate honestly, it. Honestly, you, you are an inspiration. And I commend you a lot of all your attributes you have done. And, you know, me watching your career as well as a fan, I commend you because you inspire me as well. Because, like, that's something that Matt and myself would love to do as well. And as we're getting more deeper into it. And best believe, I mean, I, even to other podcasters as well who would like to go ahead and do commentating and or broadcasting. I mean, what will be the, you know, best advice that you will give to us, you know, you know, if we want to go ahead and pursue, you know, that career. Um, if there are, like, you know, the, the Santino Brothers, to my knowledge, was the only school that offered a non-wrestlers course, which I think is the best way. And in, in general, I, I don't think it's a bad idea to try and get in with the school and see what you can learn and ask about certain things. Uh, generally speaking, like, you know, if you're like at least associated with the school and whatnot, it's it's you show up and you help out. Um, I don't know. That's not as easy to do right now in the pandemic era. Like before, you know, obviously you can do that a little bit more now, like there should be protocols in place with like every place that that's happening but you should probably send out feelers of just like hey i'm trying to do such and such um you know i, I understand it's not before me but i'd like to just go and help out like just literally just showing up and helping with anything ring chairs anything like stuff like that make it known that you want to be helpful in any manner and 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 that can like i said lead you to the opportunities that you actually want because if you're showing up all the time and like you know and, and whatnot and then you you haven't gotten the opportunity eventually people are going to take notice they're going to notice when you're there and they're also going to notice when you're not there that's also a thing too um i think halston body is a prime example of that in actuality because i got my opportunity before he did to, to get on the championship wrestling from hollywood but that time when i show up and the time halston shows up it's a few months for sure at least before they give him a chance but he showed up every single time before they finally went, let's do something with this. Say, hey, this guy's showing up all the time and he's working really hard. And, you know, he, he let's see what he wants to do and let's see what we can do. That's, that's perseverance right there, I think. Um, and it's just, you know, that just show that you're valuable. Make it known that you are a valuable commodity to the company that you want to be a valuable commodity to, you know? Right. Absolutely agreed 100%. Mm -hmm. You know, here, here's a big one. This is why is Tanahashi's entrance at Wrestle Kingdom 8 with Marty Friedman the best Wrestle Kingdom entrance ever? Like, oh, you know. <laughs> Even more so than, than Ayumi Nakamura singing uh, Kaze Ninare for Suzuki at like five or six. That was a pretty Yeah, good with the rain falling down. <laughs> That's good too. Yeah. No, um, you know, it's, it's because Tanahashi is the hero of new japan pro he is the ace for a specific reason that man that man is a living breathing like superhero anime Aishimas. yeah Aishimas. yeah the, the flowing hair that man is beautiful that's also a thing is that there's no better looking man in probably all the world than hiroshi tanahashi you know but that's that's what makes him tanahashi man is that the, all those cool things wrestle kingdom made that's the one no wait is that the that's the one Nakamura had, Nakamura for the IC title, right? Yeah, and then where Nakamura also had like all the strippers up on the on the poles. Uh, he's got the girl on the, on his back. Like, oh yeah, it. yeah, yeah. The IC <laughs> title match. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, now I remember. Yeah, uh, you know it's pretty good. That that's all. There's also the Wrestle Kingdom too. There's so many cool ones because I also think about like uh, Kushida and Alex Shelley coming out in the DeLorean for yeah. for when the time splitter tag matches. So like. But Tanahashi's is good. I think personally, though, it's just because I love Kazinenare so much, I really love when Ayumi Nakamura actually did it for Suzuki live at the Dome, which was super dope. Oh, yeah, that's dope. Well, well, with the recent, um, you know, Tanahashi holding that never open weight championship, just an opinional, um, do you think that belt should get a redesign with somebody as great as Tanahashi holding it? You know, it could and it couldn't. It's 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 a weird thing, redesigns. I think it could just because we've had that design for like roughly almost like eight years now uh, with the Never Belt. Yeah. Uh, uh, like it, like you know it, but you know it's what it, it represents. Because I that's I I'm one of the people who's definitely the who definitely thinks that that's the ass kicker's belt for sure. That's like the that and, and Tanahashi is still an ass kicker. Like I still remember how cool it was when Yuji Nagata beat Shibata for it that for that brief run too. Like that was super cool. So a, a redesign on it would be all right, but I don't necessarily think it needs it. They have like a little theme going with all the never belts because even the six man belts look pretty much the same just with a different color scheme with the green instead of the yeah. red. Um I've always wanted to see Tanahashi win just um uh, just a personal bias i've always wanted to see him win the iwgp united states title because i just think with his outfit and the color scheme and that belt would look so good on hiroshi tanahashi oh, as far as yeah. it's a big belt too <laughs> it's a huge one and the thing is with that robe too his robe was cut 
with the uh, idea it was made for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. But the the U.S. Heavyweight title is close to the similar size. And I feel like from a color scheme, because he's got the red, whites, and the blues on pretty much most of his attires these days, it would look perfect on him. But the Never Belt, hey, hey, bottom line is right now Tanahashi's on top of the ass kickers division. And I oh, think yeah. he's going to elevate that title. I mean, it, that's always the, the beautiful thing about when I watch New Japan Pro Wrestling is I feel like every championship is important. So, like, you know, whenever somebody's holding a belt, it's not because it's because it's because they earned it. It's because it means something, you know? It's like I love that that Naito, you know, just at uh, you know, Castle Attack Challenge just for the Intercontinental Championship. He went like, all right, I, I didn't – you beat me. That's fine. But let me have this one. They'll yeah. see if I can get that from you, you know, because they all meant something. I mean, it's kind of like the idea that back in the day, like the ECW TV title and the World Heavyweight titles were almost like on the same levels. Like, like yeah, the, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, which will now soon probably be the uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, is important. But the uh, the US Heavyweight title meant something. The, you know, the Never Openweight title means something. You know, every tournament means something. That's what I love about you know New Japan Pro Wrestling is that everything has weight everything matters and, oh, and i yeah. love the i love the listing of the previous champions on the belt it's like oh, yeah. listing previous emperors previous kings you know when you look at look into history i'm like whoa yeah. i'm there on the belt now <laughs> so, yeah exactly yeah. you're immortalized there no matter what that's that's yeah. you and that's it's so dope so uh, yeah those the, the tradition that goes with it i'm gonna miss like when they would do the heavyweight title matches and you would see they would do the grandeur music and you'd see all the uh previous iwgp heavyweight champions and yes. that was always so cool yes uh, i got to be there for one of those because i remember attending the first g1 special in usa in long beach in 2017 when okada faced cody and yes. that was also historic when you also think cody was the ring of honor champion at the time so it was the iwgp championship being defended against the ring of honor champion which was pretty dope so. oh yeah definitely but but how do you feel about just the ic itself unifying with the world heavyweight i mean do you feel in your, your, your opinion about it i mean do you, you know you did mention about like okay shouldn't be should be tradition right but now that they're, they're moving forward with that unifying them i don't know how, how do you feel about that it's above my pay grade. It's not my decision. Me personally, yeah. I liked having the lineage of both the Intercontinental and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. But, you know, at, at this point, like when you think about how throughout the last year, they were essentially one title because both belts were always being defended. Yeah. Um, it, it makes sense. It was kind of like how when um, when Daniel Bryan uh, 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 or Randy Orton and John Cena had the match for both the heavyweight and the WWE titles. And then for this period of time, you were just walking around with two belts and then eventually there's one belt. It's, it's, I, I kind of equate it to that. Yeah. So it makes sense in this aspect. So like, you know, even though I personally would still love to have the Intercontinental Championship around and the heavyweight title as a, a separate thing, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, because we, we always have to go forward in wrestling in general, things will change. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how, we build the new reputation for the new IWGP World Heavyweight Championship belt is going to be, as well as I'm super curious to see how it looks when it, oh, when, yeah. it when it, yeah, like after, like after either Desperado or Kota Ibushi ends up with like the belts, you know, which is a trip in itself that Desperado and Kota Ibushi is going to be at the anniversary show. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to yeah. that. I'm looking forward for to sure. It. Definitely, I think I feel that it's Desperado's time. I think it's about time for him to get his, his shot. It's been a very long time. Uh, he's and I feel certain people, you know, don't really see him as a high like high profile, but he's very underrated. I think I, I think a lot of people like they're like Desperado turned a lot of heads in the last year for sure. Like like when he was given the opportunity in the New Japan Cup last year to have the match with Ishii to start, and that that was one of my favorite matches in that cup last year was Desperado and Ishii. So great, so yes. fantastic. So I, I could, yeah, I couldn't like, and I and there's anybody who paid attention before realized that Desperado like like whenever he was given a chance, he was somebody to watch, and then like he was kind of like pro like the junior division's like best kept secret for the longest time, and then yeah. especially after that incredible main event he had with Hiromu and the best of Super Juniors last year, I think everybody really paid attention to El Desperado after that. Oh yeah, Definitely. you guys were talking about the the uniting and the evolution of championships. It's kind of like relayed to this next question because. Like I think of the the All Japan Triple Crown Championship being you know a union of three different belts, that being there. So you know I I know and pro wrestling Noah I've noticed they also do the whole previous champions like video montage at the beginning, with their promotion. Um, I was I was going to ask you what other um what other pro 
pro wrestling Japanese promotions are you in, are do you follow or interested in or what's your probably favorite of them besides New Japan? I mean, besides New Japan, I, 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 you know, it's, it's, it was DDT because of how weird and hilarious it is. Just because I do love like strange love things in pro wrestling. Yeah, I love strange things in pro wrestling, and that Iron Man Heavy Metalweight Championship, like, brought so, like, looking at just the title history and just being in awe. Of just, <laughs> Napkin like, holder, dog, yeah. <laughs> kid in audience. <laughs> Yaka, Yakatori. Uh, Vince McMahon star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it's, it's such a cool creative thing, and I love like stuff like that or like i remember like uh stardom i remember going to this two stardom shows that way that happened in southern california in like 2015 or something when stardom came out here and we exposed to like you know Kyrie hojo people know better is Kyrie saying better and like yoshi rai at the time and mayu iwatani who, who mayu became was was good then and then became one of like the best in the world after that because i saw her like super young i've heard and, i've heard a podcaster refer to mayu as stardom's tanahashi she, you know, it's because she was the one who stayed. You know, she became that that figurehead after they WWE swooped up Kyrie Sane and then they swooped up Io. You know, Io would have probably been that girl, and then that then Mayu became that girl because of that. But I think Stardom is also, I think, is one of those promotions that like when we talk about women's revolutions, I think you look at like not even just the Joshis, obviously who who are fantastic at Stardom, but even like the women from outside of Japan who made a better a bigger name for themselves going to stardom like a thunder rosa is someone who comes to mind in my own head like thunder rosa now she's on top of the world she's a sweet human being and she's an excellent wrestler and i i, I love the fact that she's like you know basically close to being on top of the world now because like she's she's so great and i think you know you look at the work she did not just not just here in the nwa and AEW or like in lucha underground but you look at what she did in japan and she was tokyo joshi <laughs> yeah exactly so I think, you know, Stardom was is one of those places, too, that I liked watching. So it was like DDT and Stardom would be like my others that I like to check out, like occasionally outside of New Japan. Awesome. I did notice that you did mention on your last uh, IG that this was, which was you did announce for the, you know, Kenton Moxie match. So mm -hmm. you could say that was by far as of right now, like one of the biggest highlights of your career of announcing Yeah, that's, it's, it's, I have so many now and it's weird to think because I've, only been in the business about three and a half years now, uh, like close to, and it's it's ridiculous to think that like I got to announce the winner of Kenta and John Moxley that I got to say you know it's like you know still IWGP US Heavyweight Champion Death Rider John Moxley or like or just in general one of the hugest like honors was like being the ring announcer for the Super J Cup last year, which yes. was you know huge huge honor being like you know it's like you know that's such a huge tournament when you think of the history and like the j cup in 94 being one of the best wrestling nights of wrestling of all time and like you know being a you know the thing that jushin thunder liger invented or like or like i remember like when we go back to championship wrestling from hollywood like i was only there for maybe three months and then i was given an opportunity to ring announce the the nwa world's heavyweight championship for the first time which um you know had it was, it was uh, josephus rest in peace uh um, crimson and nick aldis and i'm like i and i wasn't even in wrestling a year even and not even let on tv and i'm like this is the nwa world's heavyweight championship how am i here already it's like there was that or like just like anytime i've done the nwa title you know, or like those big tournament moments in New Japan, or like I also think about like, uh, like when I did I did Impact Wrestling for three days in uh 2019 in August, and I was such a huge TNA guy growing up, and I remember loving the X Division Championship. That was oh, yeah. like my favorite title for the longest time, and you look at the lineage of all the the incredible athletes and wrestlers who have held the X Division Championship, and I was ring announcing the X Division Championship at the time when Jake Chris was champion, defending it against guys like Rich Swan and Ace Austin during like those shows, and just like oh man, it was so definitely like even that was just that one was like a personal like i watched so many x division championship matches and now i'm like ring announcing x division championship wrestling that is so those those are so dope those are that's, also like that, huge moments too to me that that's tna impacts treasure to me that's like one of the most you know 
that's tm that's tna impact's wedding ring or the or the what do you call it? the jewelry box you know <laughs> like the your mom's most prized like like if tna impact was your mom that would be like her most prized pearls that she wears you know? <laughs> it was yeah the x division championship was like so cool because i'm holding it at ringside basically beforehand to hand it off to the referee and stuff like that and i'm all like i'm all like dude this is this is the x division championship it's like you know what that represents and how many amazing matches i used to watch growing up that made me go like man wrestling is so cool and like yeah, stuff like that like yeah that's that's for sure i think when they, when everyone talks about like tna or impact like yeah they've had a lot of great world champions a lot of tag team championships a lot of great women's championships stuff they've done but like the cha the title that really sticks out to me when i think of impact is the is the x division championship for sure oh yeah definitely definitely i love it. very 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 true i, I want to ask you this question i'm curious okay. um now well, it's two questions, but one of them is a follow-up. So, your thoughts about with this crossover promotions, and my the follow-up on that, I feel, and I don't know if you want to, I don't know if it's your opinion, I felt mm -hmm. that who opened those doors, you know how they always say, oh yeah, the forbidden doors, that's how they keep saying. Right. I feel Marquez did that. It's, you know, even though that mm -hmm. people do not know, but he definitely did open those doors when he began United Wrestling Network, having people from AEW, New Japan, NWA, you know, some different promotions impact. He had them there. So, I mean, do you agree that Marquez was kind of the, the foundation of that, of those forbidden doors, as they say? I mean, it was before there was a forbidden door. Like, Dave Marquez in general, like, he started the United Wrestling Network, and the point of that was to, you know, bring wrestling promotions and just put them together to make something stronger i've i'm also a big proponent that i i love the idea of partnerships that's without partnerships i would have never been introduced to new japan in the first place you know what yeah. i mean yeah. it, it, it i think it's it's a good thing for talent i think it's a good thing for the fans you know i i think in general like when companies work together you get more cool and creative things that happen you get interesting matchups you get dream matchups you get this cool things that can benefit benefit both like both two, three, however many promotions that decide to work together as long as they can get it to work. You know, it's the idea that like learning your styles and stuff like that. Or like, you know, I was thinking about like it's it's similar to like New Japan's had these partnerships for a long time where they would they were partnered with with Ring of Honor and CMLL and Rev Pro. And then that's how they would use it as their young lion system. You know, you you looked at like Jay White, you looked at Great O'Conn, you looked at like these guys who like Jay White was in Ring of Honor for a long time before he came back to New Japan. Great O'Conn was in Rev Pro before he came back. Master Wado, Hiromo Takahashi, Sho and Yo, all were sent to Mexico. Yeah. That's why, you know, those guys did so well in CMLL. And then even guys like Sho, Yo, and Hiromu went to Ring of Honor to hone themselves even more. But, like, you see those influence and in how those guys learn, for example. I think it's cool for learning experiences to really make guys, like, younger guys a lot better. I think it's good for making those those big money marquee matches. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like you looked at Moxley and Kenta, like you know the idea was that we needed, you know, you you need it, Moxley is an AEW guy, and now all of a sudden he's finally showing up on New Japan Strong to defend the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. People from AEW are going to like take a look over at New Japan Strong and see what's going on over here. Kenta shows up on Dynamite. People are like, yo, people were watching New Japan who haven't checked out Dynamite are checking out what's going on over there. Finn Juice is on, on Impact. They've been on Impact the last few weeks. People are yes. checking that out, all that. Like, you know, I think that was also the, that's also like when we were talking about the J Cup. The J Cup had, you know, it was it was New Japan, Ring of Honor, GCW, Impact Wrestling were all represented in the last um, you know, Super J Cup. And I think those potential moments and creation of matches, I think, are the coolest things. Like, you know, of just like there's a potential, like not, I don't know if everything will happen, but there's definitely potential of certain cool things that could happen with partnerships in general. And like, you know, and, and when you look like with the partnerships, like even like WB has had partnerships in the past. You look at yeah. like, you know, old like AAA or CMLL guys like showing up in old rumbles or stuff like that. Or when they got Liger to be for one match, you know, that yeah. was cool too. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's beneficial because it helps us all as an industry. I think, I think uh, like, you, you know, it's, there should be competition because competition is what keeps, you know, things fresh and interesting and, and keeps people pushing the envelope for something better. But I definitely think when there's times to come together and grow, I, I definitely think we're in a really interesting time in pro wrestling, especially when you consider 
what the world has gone through over the last year. And I think it's it's almost become more important than ever that we see stuff like this happening with NWA, Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, you know, AEW, even WWE. Honestly, just like yeah. I think it's 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 really important. And I think our the wrestling business will thrive because of it. But I think when you were saying about Dave Marquez, Marquez has always had that that idea too, that like, you know, it's it's always better that we're that you you mentioned these promotions together you put them together you, you have you, you, we had cody show up in, in championship wrestling from hollywood when he was nwa champion stuff like that like that that puts more eyes on us and such like that so it's 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 the, I mean, he was looking at what we were doing with primetime live we're like yeah. that's also the thing too like that was you know what they call like the forbidden door because we had AEW guys and new japan guys on our show like at the same time as well as nwa guys and just cool and, and mlw guys too major league yeah. wrestling let's not forget about that there's so yes. many cool things that can happen and it's such a weird still kind of uncertain time in wrestling but as long as cool things that will beneficiate not just the companies but the fans i think it's just really a win-win for the fans and that's what it's all for really it's just the fans are the ones who watch it so they're the ones who are going to benefit the most from it definitely agree a hundred percent you know you're talking about interesting times and you know new eras in wrestling and interesting eras in wrestling here's i don't know if anybody's ever kind of looked at it from this angle though but i'm kind of going to use this as an example like rocky romero he's both a wrestler and a rapper he makes his own music he's a great performer maki ito you know we've we've started she's starting to become like the darling of like twitter like the becoming the new it girl and i kind of i'm perceiving oh yeah <laughs> motherfuckers <laughs> and i and you know of course she had the her feud with thunder rosa in japan we talked about thunder rosa earlier but i really foresee maki ito kind of having the same cultural phenomenon that china was in her heyday when china was appearing on trl at the mtv vmas and all these different places and you know there's no joshi promo specialist yet until like i found out about her and you know I'm, I'll, this was also going to be a question for you too, and in, in, involved with this, you know, because I I think Maki Ito could you know break over into music and movies, you know, through a through the power of AEW because of the like the billions of dollars and the connections and the American TV exposure, but um you know my question was who's your favorite Japanese musical artist and what what musical artist from Japan would you like to see appearing on aew through that forbidden door you know because it's it's you know k-pop and like japan has its red tape with its entertainment industry but k-pop gets like a free you know direct into the u.s through you know they don't have the same red tape but now like through new japan and through you know japanese promotions you could go in through through aew through like oh yeah you're doing the theme song for a japanese wrestler or something like that kind of like a through door I don't know if anybody else has kind of come come at it from this angle. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, we were talking a little bit before off the air about a little bit like J-Rock and J-Metal stuff. And yeah, like, Glay, like, that picture with Tanahashi, you know, one yeah. of the, Glay is one of the biggest bands in Japan. And for those who don't know them, they have a sound akin to like, to me, it's like the Beatles meets Iron Maiden is that is what Glay's sound is to me, you know, so... One I didn't mention earlier that like I always listened to a lot growing up because I was a big fan of FLCL Fully Cooly was the Ooh, pillows. The pillows. The, pillow, the pillows have such a like chill and dope sound. I feel like you know I don't know if they necessarily fit in the wrestling aspect. I I, I think cool. so. Like for punk rock wrestlers, there's a lot of punk rock wrestlers out mm -hmm. there, so I think they would fit with that kind of gimmick. And then it's like maybe Darby Allen walks out to stage and the pillows like rock a song for him, you know? Yeah. I think so. That that would be pretty cool. You could get like the pillow. Like, well, I don't know if he, like it, like for Darby. I don't know why I'm like thinking about like Gacked or something. That would also maybe Gacked, cool. maybe yeah. maybe Balzac. I don't. I haven't heard them in a while. They've got a you know that kind of name. Maybe a band like Balzac or or something like a goth rockabilly. All the many, you know. <laughs> Darby <laughs> Allen would be the guy. I feel like you'd bring J Metal stuff into unless you just have like one of those super anime nerd guys that like you know because everybody every, like every, like you know you have to figure out who the biggest anime nerd is. Like even like even Big Swole would be like she, I'm sure she'd be like super dope and like because I remember her coming out with like the Power Ranger gear and stuff like that. She'd probably be into something like that. Like I heard her sing a little bit too. Like when she sang a little bit of uh, Judas. She's she's got some pipes on her she could sing oh, yeah. very well you know and i'll even make this opinion in my opinion aew is the most musically talented roster 
they got so many like mjf's like an opera opera singer jericho's in a band they got what was it butcher and the blade they got a guitarist there oh and yeah then, he's the guy from from as i lay dying or something or no it was, uh, the band was. It was every uh, time i die it was every time every time i die yeah right it's the but it's the butcher for sure i just yeah, was the, the name of the band and frankie kazarian plays bass for a band and then you know hikaru shida plays all of her and she plays piano and sings and is in musicals like like you can't beat them musically like you could debate about their their what how good the wrestling product is but you can't beat them musically I don't think I got. I, mean, <laughs> I, I listened to a lot of like because we were talking about Rocky Romero, and I really like like the Six Trees, Six Trees Vice Two, or like uh, the Sneaky Style album he did, and he just put out like a new single called Rolly that like is super dope to like listen to. It's pretty dope. Like this, even Chris, my dude, Chris Bay and Impact, he's just putting out some music too recently. So like yeah, just a like yeah, AEW's got a lot of musically talented people, but there's a lot of musical talented people just all over the place. Through that like, forbidden like, door, you know, they could perform the, those songs on Dynamite. That's why I want to. Forbidden, it's the forbidden studio door now. Okay, now go. it's just like now it's, we're gonna yeah. push guys into the studio and be like, yeah. But now, like, because we always had like in wrestling in our past, like we had WB originals or like those, well, like that song the Undertaker is like singing, which is like really weird and stuff like that. Now, <laughs> now we gotta get. Now we got AEW's got to do something like that, or just in general, we got to have like music musicians from all over wrestling put out an album. Yeah, and oh and God, I think that would be <laughs> yeah. that would sell. That would be like number one on Spotify for weeks on end. I mean, Chris Jericho's anniversary night was the night after Eddie Van Halen passed away, and Chris Jericho used to end use uh, Unchained by Van Halen as his entrance theme. So I thought like that episode was going to open with Chris Jericho singing some Van Halen or something like that. You know, it was like like so many and and I think one of the things I kind of think. I wish New Japan uh, didn't miss out on was with the Jericho Tanahashi match. Like there was a little bit like of a rock band video, but I was kind of hoping it was going to be a battle of the bands, maybe like yeah. X Japan and Tanahashi and then Jericho and Fozzie. And then they could have a battle of the bands before the wrestling match. You know, you know, I'm part of the build for that, right? For that Jericho Tanahashi match. Uh. <laughs> I'm like, you remember those videos where Jericho was punching out fake Tanahashi's and then yeah. he's also like, He's also like in the, the the room with all those like fake Chris Jerichos. I'm yeah. a fake Tanahashi and I'm a fake Chris Jericho. No way! <laughs> nice. There's, there's literally you watch those again. I'm getting. I'm. I'm like. I'm like right there, and then Jericho just punches me in the face, and then essentially we're like you know, and then later on like I'm also one of the fake Chris Jerichos that's like behind him during that like that like when like all those like with the face paint and all that and the fedora hat. I'm like right. I'm like on top of his like right shoulder essentially. No way! I gotta go back and look at that. Oh my god! Yeah. Does. <laughs> I've got a, yeah. I've got a proposition for AEW and New Japan if they're watching to have you know maybe the rubber match the revenge match with Tanahashi and then he could show up with X Japan on Dynamite you know <laughs> Yoshiki be could cool. be on the be on that piano and then Sugizo with that solo but like and then you know Tanahashi comes out air guitaring with Sugizo <laughs> and then and then you know Jericho comes in with Fozzie and then maybe like actual battle of the bands like first of the song and then they actually fight each other <laughs> the trippiest thing for me is like the, those parts of those videos that we shot were used in Jericho's like titantron at the dome when he had the match with Tanahashi and I'm all like I'd never have been to Japan but that's my face in new in the in the Tokyo Dome and I'm in just the like Tokyo I was, Dome I was like the 30,000 like, people yeah I was so like oh my god that's me behind Chris Jericho while Chris Jericho is making his entrance at the dome that's that's that, 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 that at that point I was all like well nothing's gonna top this and then <laughs> top it. I just can't believe it, man. Wow, this, this is new to me, so I'm okay. I'm gonna definitely check that oh, yeah. out. I think I'll I could. You. I think I could share this, though. I don't. I don't think we have too many uh, secret identities. So our co-host Chris Kennedy, um, he was in a band with, I guess, a fellow announcer of yours, Mr. Takaro Shibata. And oh, yeah, yeah he's the uh, Japanese ring announcer for New Japan Strong. Yes, we'll do yes. The intros and I'll do the outros essentially. Yeah. So I actually put Chris in a band with Takaro a few years back. So they were in a band together that played metalcore and Japanese metal metal songs and stuff like that. And I've known Takaro for a minute because of his bands in in the SoCal scene. I think he's in he's in a band right now called a. Uh, Sorry, uh, I'm so sorry. Talking aside, your name your band's name escapes me at the moment. Isn't, isn't it Quietude? Isn't Quietude? Yes. Quietude? Yeah. 
quietude. Yeah, no, I, did, I didn't know you knew Takaro. And that was, that's a trip to just find out that, yeah, Takaro is my essentially my Japanese counterpart for when we do New Japan Strong. Mm-hmm. So it's been cool getting to know him over the last like half a year and stuff. So that's yeah, his band rocks. Like, oh, yeah. like, I think I went to a show with his guitarist too. So <laughs> <laughs> now I want to ask just two more questions. I don't want you to keep you know, okay. your take away your time. And I apologize. Uh, cool. So one question is before this whole pandemic. Yes. Um, but you say you were on the road. So when you were on the road, any funny stories on the road? Oh, man. Uh, I think about, like, you know what's funny is I feel like I had it in my head and now it's just gone. It's just, it's also, well, like, you know, just in general, it's just, you know, just, like, clowning about, like, hanging out with, like, you know, Halston and stuff like that, like, you know, on those stories. Or, like, just those times where, like, I think the funniest thing is for me is just, like, when I was riding up to um new japan to do the thing with jericho i had no idea the thing with jericho was a thing like it was you know like i had, and i remember me and uh another wrestler who I, I won't name for this but like we were we were in the car and mm. just we were like um you know because he's also one of them too and we we're like on the way to this thing because we rode up together and we had this long conversation about chris jericho <laughs> it was like <laughs> And I, I just remember just us, like, I thought we, we were talking about whatever in wrestling, and Jericho was, like, the prime thing about it. Because I don't know what we're shooting. So we show up to this place to start shooting, and then, like, we, the, we're, we're, like, the first ones there, so we don't even know if we're in the right spot. And then, like, the director and all that shows up, and then it's just like, oh, yeah, so... Um... And then like the and then it's like okay cool Chris will be here in a minute and goes like okay do you guys know what you're doing like oh no oh well Chris Jericho will be here and then we're just like what excuse me (laughs) (laughs) wait what hold on what and then like it was it it, I just remember being like like standing next to that dude like next to the guy I was riding with and being like yo you remember how we were just talking about Chris Jericho and um, there's Chris Jericho the hell is life right now <laughs> <laughs> it's law of attraction you know the more yeah. you talk about certain magnetism sheer magnetism and and you know you got all that conversation about jericho brought manifested jericho in front of you <laughs> that's like the weirdest thing is to be talking about chris jericho and then find out you're working with chris jericho like, like <laughs> in the next hour like because you didn't know and just like wait what oh okay and then you know now all of a sudden i'm now i'm i'm, I'm dressed up like Tanahashi for Chris Jericho. <laughs> uh, so that's that's probably one I think of like as far as like the weird like uh, road story that I think is pretty funny. That's awesome. <laughs> but did you keep the suit, the Tanahashi costume? Did you keep it? I, I have I have the wig. I have uh yeah, the wig they gave me. I still have the the fedora hat they gave me when I was Jericho and stuff. So yeah, everything that like I have like a I've got one of those Tanahashi towels, not like the Aishimas one, but yeah. it's like a beach towel and it's just got Tanahashi's face on it. I'm all like, yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's a pretty cool thing I got from that. Like you know, being like so I did I, keep all that stuff. I personally prefer the high energy theme to Go Ace. I mean, Go Ace is very like upbeat and, and baby face, but high energy is so fierce. No 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 no. Sounds like he Saint had it Seiya. for so long. It was, you know, he had it for like a decade plus. And, you know, then, then when it finally changed to Go Ace, Go Ace took a little bit of time to grow with me. But then, like, you know, when people like to actually get into it, go Go Ace, I think that's what really kind of made it. I think the funniest thing was when, once again, the G1 special, the first time when the, Tanahashi was Intercontinental Champion and he had the match with Billy Gunn. And so the crowd was going, Go Ace, Go Ass, Go Ace, Go Ass, Go Ace, Go Ass. It was, it was, that's one of those moments I remember too being in the crowd for that i'm looking for i'm I'm hoping that they could you know the ace does come here to you know to the states and i hope you know now with these forbidden doors opening man i hope they do i mean i hope they do i mean i'm i have a feeling i mean i have a feeling my personal opinion i know we're gonna see i mean we've seen jay white already before yeah but i know i'm pretty sure we'll see him back again and i'm hoping to see tanahashi or maybe you know, Naito and everyone else. You never know. Never say you know, never, right? I, I would be so like if I if I like if I'm all of a sudden adding Tanahashi to my credentials of guys I've announced on Strong, that would be the coolest thing. You know, that like is I would also hope for something like that to happen. But even still, like it's already led to like me being able to announce like Kenta and like Jay White and like you know ELP and like Leo Rush and stuff oh, yeah, like that. ELP. Like all these cool dudes. Yeah, for sure. Like this are like you know Strong is I think we put on a, a pretty uh, fantastic show every. 
Friday night with the roster that we have. Because even without the big, like the like the the guys who are in the IWGP Heavyweight Title picture, I think we've established a really great great group of talent that people like when they check out realize there's something to this strong show. Honestly, so oh yeah, no, I definitely and, agree. And I think I think we're I, I'm very proud of the work that we've done with New Japan Strong and, and exposing a lot of these talent that maybe people weren't familiar with that people are finally paying attention to. Yes, definitely. Like you know, you know, Chris Dickerson. I mean, you got Jerry Craters now there now. Yep. I mean, Danny Limelight, who's been now very known now, you know, recently. Yep. And so there's, there's so many. I mean, there's so many that like that. So much talent, so much roster that I'm, and I'm like I said, I'm really, really happy for you that you're able to you know have that, have, you know, have the opportunity to announce at for you know New Japan. Um. So I so so far you already mentioned one of your goals for 2021 is to announce for Tanahashi. So <laughs> what other goals do you have set for 2021? Uh, it's, you know, if possible, get over to Japan, you know, during this, it would be to, 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 to do something for New Japan in the actual country of Japan and then use my downtime to try and sneak into Super Nintendo World while I'm over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard it. I heard they're going to make one here in the States. That's what I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be built over, they were working on it at, in the Universal in, in Hollywood. Yeah. So it was being built there, but who the hell knows when we'll be able to go there. It's under construction there. And it, I think it was supposed to open next year, but who knows? If you can't make it to, if you can't make it in Nintendo world, you could always just pop into Akihabara, like just oh, yeah. any, all over that place. You know, because they yeah, have everything, those... they have every game that's ever been made in the history of mankind. Another thing off the subject, you know, I don't, here's a, you know, avid gamer, man. You, you, you man. Damn right I am. I've just, Ooh. I mean, I was playing No More Heroes before we got on here. I was, like, <laughs> stuck on the Yakuza series. Me and my buddy have been playing, like, Super Mario 3D World online, like, occasional Rocket League matches. I, like, yeah, I play a lot of video games, too. Um... <laughs> But uh, yeah, definitely get to Japan in some form or fashion. Um, you know, I'd say as far as like other goals, like it would be hopefully see if I can get myself into a commentary role again as somewhere like that I feel is safe. The only th that's the thing also too, is that every show that I've done um, in the pandemic, I've done with my own safety in mind that I felt like I was taking the risk for the right reasons that there weren't like there were true, there were protocols in place, stuff like that. I haven't done any shows yet where I've felt like I put myself in danger. So like, as long as I've, um, I, I feel comfortable with what's going on, know that's when i've you know taken the shows that i have so every show i've been on has been very safe testing isn't a thing social distancing a thing mass all that stuff so but definitely like if i can get back to doing commentary in some form or fashion that would be a, a cool thing too but definitely like yeah number one is continue my work with new japan for sure make sure that relationship is is strong as strong see if i can get to japan uh, uh we finally just recently just uh you know you'll see on some wrestlers i don't know if anthony idol said it but we just uh started shooting championship wrestling from hollywood again so i was you know happy to be back in the fold with that i'm hoping that primetime live comes back at some point who knows what else that could lead to so uh in, uh, I'm, I'm open to any like you know opportunities that come open i'm willing to hear out and see what else could happen to me but as far as like yeah specific goals going to japan is number one for sure oh yeah that, absolutely absolutely yeah like yeah i'm not gonna ask you like, oh right go to the aww none of that crap it's what it, <laughs> what's, what's your goal what you want to go ahead and do and like, you, right you say yourself but you are a free agent correct if i'm wrong correct y yes uh okay. yeah i am currently technically considered a free agent i have not i am not signed to any specific one company so that's why i'm willing to listen to anybody like if if aw or WWE just happened to send you know knock on my door one day i would hear it out for sure would, you know why wouldn't i there's there's no reason i wouldn't um like you know it's we live in a in a in a really great time like interesting time where you're seeing all these guys getting like you know offers and stuff that you didn't expect to so like you know if, if something like that happened i'm definitely willing to hear it out so right now i am a free agent but the goal itself you know number one goal is still though to get to japan so that was that was always goal from day one for me actually as soon as i stepped into uh uh you know santino brothers and i it was when we asked about our goals and stuff that was goal number one for me is get Ooh. to new japan was get to new japan and then get to japan proper essentially so go. i I can't believe that I've made New Japan like, you know, a, a thing that's happened. And I'm just, yeah, that's why I'm saying I'm trying my best to keep my goals with New Japan uh, as strong and my relationship with New Japan as strong as it's been so far. 
That's right. Definitely. I'm going to ask you about somebody who has a little bit of a history with just about every uh, Japanese promotion and like almost okay. every American promotion. I mean, we're, we're seeing a lot of older champions as of recently, but he's probably oh. like my favorite older champion at the moment. You know, I think what, I know you're going to say. Uh, okay, yeah. Go for it. Go for it. So Keiji Mudo. Yeah, I knew it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Keiji Mudo. The, the current G G uh, GHC, GHC heavyweight champion. champion. Yep. Like, what do you think about him as champion? What do you think about that match in particular? And he actually said he's willing to defend that title in Impact Wrestling in the United States. So I'm wondering if that also means, like, we could even see Keiji Mudo against, you know, people on AEW. Just the fact that, because Impact has that AEW, you know, and just kind of through, once again, through that forbidden door, so many things could happen, you know, just through this and through that, you know, so... Uh, you know, KG Moda uh, being the, uh, you know, GHC heavyweight champion in 2021 is a trip and it's dope. You know, I think, uh, if, if correct me if I'm wrong, isn't he now the third guy to hold the IWGP, GHC and the Triple Crown Championship? Yes. Third man, right? Third yeah. Man. So that's history over there. And it's wonderful because KG Moto is a legend in this business. Um I, it would be cool to see him defend it in the U.S. It would be it's going to be cool to see what he does with it in Noah, in general. Um, but in general, like you know, I think Kijimoto is another one of those guys that's proof that age is just a number in pro wrestling. In all honesty, depending on who you are, like if you like one of my favorite pro wrestlers in the world, like no hearsay on that. It's just that it's, it's Minoru Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki is still putting out some of the greatest matches of all time. Yes. Talking about the New Japan Cup last year, him and Yuji Nagata were both 52 last year and had one of my favorite matches. <laughs> of 2020 hard and yeah yeah oh my God. fantastic or the match fantastic. he had with shingo and in, in jingu stadium that yes. match was amazing yeah like, Minoru suzuki Minoru suzuki is the man and he will always be the man in my book and like you're even another one of my favorite matches was like when, when we had the first double or nothing we had cody versus dustin and dustin was 50 in that match and you you wouldn't be able, like that match was amazing it, it told such an incredible story um but Keji Mudo, like, yeah, being on top of GHC, on top of Pro Wrestling Noah right now, uh, you know, holding the Global Honored Crown, that's dope. That's dope. That's because he is, you know, the great Keji Mudo for a reason. He's he's still got something to give, and he's going to keep giving it until he can't give it anymore. And I think, you know, as with him being the GHC champion, I think it's just a cool step in 2021 of just things that can happen, you know? So uh, we'll see what happens with Muda. If he shows up in the States with it, that'd be cool too. Like I, My mouth like, is I watering for a Kate <laughs> Mudo versus Kenny Omega. <laughs> My mouth uh, is just like... <laughs> Hey, you never say never anymore, right? Now that now, yeah, no, never open weight. Yay! <laughs> we're all no, we're all know. on these puns. First strong, now never yeah. open weight. Yeah, right. So I don't know. Only say never when that. it's never open weight. Yes. <laughs> so I have no idea what's going to happen with that necessarily, but it is really cool that like to see you know Keiji Muto holding a world championship in 2021 and, and achieving that 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 triple crown status of holding all the big Japanese championships. I think is is super dope. I, I'm all for it. Yeah. I think I think the main phrase we'll take Ivan is anything is possible right now. I'm sorry, yeah. bro. I done won me over right now, bro. More than you, I'm sorry. <laughs> he won me over, man. I, can I be your BFF? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, there's a big line, actually. I know. I know. <laughs> you have to get I there with like filthy Tom Lawler, who's totally not going to hit me with that club, or like Bateman, oh. who's totally my best friend. <laughs> if you've ever looked at my... <laughs> If I start, Bateman is absolutely my best friend. Don't yeah. tell him, let him tell you anything otherwise. I mean, I'd love to. I'd love to have it be you and Kevin Kelly like every week of the G1 climax. I know that's that'll gonna be, be awesome. like, that that'll be, be like a long, hot, uh, sexy summer. You know, <laughs> that'll G1. be the summer jam. That's the summer jam. Like, yeah. it's not a song. It's you and Kevin Kelly announcing the G1. Getting the opportunity like to call the G1 would be an absolute thing if it ever happens. Like, that would be so cool to be there, like night after night, just different spots. Sendai, you know, Sendai and all, yeah, all these awesome cities, and just like and just like call some of them and call the best wrestling on the planet. You know what I mean? So that would be super dope if it ever happens. So that, that's like ultimate dream. That's not something I think could happen. I think will happen in 2021. But if it does happen in 2021, I'm gonna be off the wall, and then you'll see pictures of me at, at, at Super Nintendo World, being like, you know, I'm calling the G1. You know, law law of attraction. Food. Law of yes. Attraction, I'm just going to keep putting energy towards that, you know. Adnan in the G1 Climax, I'll say you're here first. It's oh, I'm happen. in the G1 Climax? Oh, man, I'm going to be in the <laughs> B-Block. <laughs> right, 
<laughs> it's gonna it. be it's gonna be you and Toru Yano, and, and he's taping you to the oh. ceiling. <laughs> I'd love to be in a match with Toro Yano. Oh. Is, he tapes you. <laughs> like, the whole match yeah. is like, you guys are both counted out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, if we're both counted out, that means I get one point. Because it's... <laughs> that's a draw. <laughs> Time limit draw. <laughs> that's right, baby. That's right. Oh, man, I appreciate appreciate you very much, Adam, for, you know, for joining us. But before we let you go, if you want to go ahead and let our viewers and subscribers... Where can they find you? Where can they locate you? Social media. You can find me on both Twitter and on Instagram at the Dashing Adnan, T-H-E-D-A-S-H-I-N-G-A-D-N-A-N, Twitter and Instagram. You can watch New Japan Strong every Friday night, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern, on njpwworld.com every Friday night. You can watch Championship Wrestling from Hollywood every Saturday night on KDOC at 1 a.m. or for free on the Fight TV app. So you can watch that all over the place, as well as our affiliates like Championship Wrestling from Memphis, Championship Wrestling from Arizona, Championship Wrestling from Gulf, uh, uh, Championship Wrestling Gulf Coast. We have all these cool affiliates, um, as well as you can still purchase the old primetime live shows on Fight TV if you so choose. You can like so many other places you can find me, like I said, like Ground Zero Pro or like Wrestling Pro Wrestling or Santino Brothers. Any of those like are, are places you can find me. But specifically for me, social media at the Dash. That is right. And we are looking forward for this Friday. I mean, we are looking forward for, you know, Strong Evolving on the road to there. So I'm looking forward. Yeah. Road to Strong Style Evolve. We have the qualifying matches for the New Japan Cup USA starting this Friday night with Leo Rush taking on Rocky Romero, as well as Filthy Tom Lawler taking on the DKC. And let's not forget, the LA Dojo are going to be in tag team action against one another as Alec Coughlin finally comes back from injury to team with the Alpha Wolf, Carl Fredericks, to take on uh, uh, Clark Connors, the captain of the LA Dojo, and Kevin Knight. That is going to be one not to miss. It's going to be a super strong episode of Strong as we are on the road to Strong Style of Ball. Definitely, definitely. Well, once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in. And thank you, Adnan, for once again joining us. I hope we can have you back again on the show, man. We could go hours. Yeah. Hours. Awesome. Yeah, right? Hours, really man. Could. We really could, this honestly. Was a lot of, this is a lot of fun. No, for sure. I had a really good time here. I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad you had a wonderful time. And I'm like I said, you're welcome anytime. If you just, you know, hit us up. We can literally just give the viewers a whole pretty much history of New Japan. <laughs> and no one area. Oh, my God. So much we can talk about. For sure. But, oh, yeah. But once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week. Yeah, 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 yeah!